pleasure tonight. Uh, firstly, thank you so much for the privilege of uh, uh, preaching this evening. And I want to say we're going to need audience participation tonight. Come on. So I'm going to need you to amen. I'm going to, if you want to do a little praise hands in the audience, that's all good. But we want to not only be participators in the gospel, sorry, not only spectators, but participators in the gospel. So we are starting our series, Ruthless. And uh, our tagline is, when a ruthless love meets a ruthless world. And we saw in this series in the book of Ruth, and some of you may know it, some of you may not. It is in the Old Testament. If you didn't know, there are two Testaments in the Bible, old and new. Very simple. But uh, it's not just a love story. Traditionally, it's been seen as a love story. Traditionally, it's been seen as this almost soap drama of this woman who's been cast out and then meets this man and falls in love. And then uh, God commands a blessing. But it's so much more. And uh, I want to say, will you open your hearts tonight? Because I believe that this is for each and every one of us. It's actually for people in a time of famine who need to make godly decisions and who need to step out into the more that God has for them and trust God in who He is. But uh, I want to say, Ruth, it starts in the Old Testament and it starts after the period of Judges. Uh, and it's this period where there's no king, the world is lawless, the Israelites are doing as they please. There is famine in the land and they are just going forth. They're doing as they want. They're doing as they see fit. But Ruth 1 starts like this. It says, In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. So a man from Bethlehem in Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. The man's name was Elimelech. His wife's name was Naomi. And the names of his two sons were Malon and Kilion. If you didn't know, Malon means sickness and Kilion means wasting away. So that's great names for your children one day if you're thinking. It's basically like naming your children coronavirus and financial crisis. That's, that's what that would be. But they were Epaphrodites from Bethlehem, Judah. And they went to Moab and lived there. They married Moabite women. One named Orpah, not Oprah, and the other Ruth. After they had lived there about 10 years, both Manon and Kilian also died, and Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. So this story is set in the time of Judges, and like I said, there is no king there. God had uh, put judges in place over the Israelite nation, and they were men and women who were after God's heart, and they were there to steer the Israelites back to God. That was their purpose, that was their intent for them, but we see that the cycle that plays out is that the Israelite nation kept on doing what they wanted. They kept on making decisions that pleased themselves, that pleased their own idols. They made idols for themselves and forfeited God and the inheritance that they had in God. And so what I want to say tonight is, are your decisions based on fear or are your decisions based on faith? From the answer, that is the question that I want you to take in your heart and find it tonight. We see in Judges 21 to 24 to 25, it says this, At that time the Israelites left that place and went home to their tribes and clans, each to his own inheritance. In those days Israel had no king, everyone did as they saw fit. That is the last two lines of the book of Judges. Everyone did as they saw fit and they went back to their own inheritance. So often in a time of famine, we go back to what we have known. We go back to what is comfortable, we go back to what we know, we go back to what is familiar. Why? Because we fear the unknown. We fear that thing that we don't, can't control and that we don't know because there's, um, 
there's famine in the land and there's decisions that we have to make that we need to be rooted in who God is. So basically in this, in this book of Ruth, it starts out with no king, there's famine, there's death, there's economic crisis, and there's bad decisions. That's basically 2020 in a nutshell. You could, you could wrap up 2020 like that. No king, famine, death, bad decisions. 2020. So it's very much like to what we experience today. And I want to say, Ruth is just not a fable in the Old Testament. It's a story that actually happened, and we can see ourselves in that. And I want to say from the outset, we are not the heroes in the story. We are not Boaz. We are not the champion of the story. We're actually much more like a Lemelech or Naomi, people who make decisions that lead to certain consequences. See, so the promised land was supposed to be this characterized land for milk and honey, this land of pleasure, this land of inheritance that God had for the Israelite people. And we see this character of Elimelech. And what he does, he's a good man, he's a godly man, he knows God, but he makes a decision in this time of famine. He makes a decision for his family and he takes his uh, wife and he takes his two sons and they go to the country of Moab. Now you need to know in those days, uh, different countries uh, had different gods and Moab had gods with small lowercase g's. They did not serve Yahweh, the God uh, that the Israelites did. They did not serve God, the King of Kings. They served different gods. But actually God had instructed the Israelites never to associate with the Moabites. Why? Because the Moabites actually came from the product of Sodom and Gomorrah. Now this is the Bible and I'm going to paint this picture and I want you to know this really happened. So basically what happened is that there's this character of Lot, he fled Sodom and Gomorrah and his daughter couldn't bear children or didn't have a husband. So what did she think was a good idea? She thought that she would track her father while he was drunk and sleep with him so that she could bear children. And that is the product of Moab. It was born in incest. It was born in sexual depravity. And from this, we see this country called Moab and Elimelech, in a time of famine, makes a decision to go there. Now, the Bible doesn't say this is a sinful decision, but this decision does have consequences. And this decision isn't a decision that is made in trusting who God is. See, Moab is so important because God tells the Israelites that they must have nothing to do with Moab for 10 generations. For 10 generations, they must not associate with Moab. That's how important it is to not have anything to do with them. But what does Elimelech do? He sees this as a good decision. It makes all rational sense. There's food there. There's water there. No water here. We're starving. Let's go. And it makes all sense. And sometimes we're going to be faced in life with decisions that look good. We're going to be faced in life with decisions that make all rational sense. But see, Elimelech is a godly man. He's a good man, but he makes a bad decision that has consequences. I want to say to you, are you inquiring of God before you step out? See, Elimelech did not inquire of God, and it ended in death. It ended in brokenness. But we will see another character who inquires of God, who walks in step with his spirit, and that ends in life. See, good men make bad decisions in times of famine. Elimelech means my God is king, but he didn't look like it. Who's the king of your life tonight? Maybe it's your relationship. Maybe it's that sin that you keep hidden away. 
Maybe it's your financial situation. If you just have enough money in the bank, that will tide you through. That will uh, make you feel good about yourself. Then you can support your family. You can provide for your family. If you keep this job or you get another job and you get promoted and then you get a little bit more, what is the king that you are serving? See, Elimelech means my God is king. God Yahweh, the God who saves, the God who took the Israelites out of slavery, but he did not act like it. He acted like he was the king of his life. And we so often do that. On a Sunday, we come here, we worship, we feel good, we're praising Jesus. But on then Monday to Saturday, we make decisions that aren't reflecting who is the king of our lives. And I want to say is God is stirring us to action. God is stirring us to make decisions that reflect who the king of our lives is. I want to say, do not leave your unchanged tonight. Even if you take one thing away, take it Take this away, that God is king, and he wants to be the king of your life. See, there's this amazing man called A.W. Tozer, and he's a theologian, and he says this, outside the will of God, there's nothing I want. Inside the will of God, there's nothing I fear. Let that sink in. Outside the will of God, there's nothing I want. Inside the will of God, there's nothing I fear. Why? Because the, in the will of God is the safest place you can be. No matter what your circumstances no matter if you have zero uh, rand in the bank, that is the safest place you can be if you are in the will of God and you are making decisions based on faith and not by fear. See, Elimelech made a decision that was based on fear and it led to brokenness. We need to make decisions that are based on faith, trusting God, hearing from God, inquiring of God, and that will lead to life and life in abundance. See, the whole irony of the story is that Elimelech leaves Bethlehem for Moab. You want to know the irony in this time of famine? Bethlehem means house of bread. He left a place that is named house of bread for another place that is supposed to provide him with food. How often do we leave things that actually God has called us to for a better reality, for greener pastures, but God's voice hasn't spoken for that? See, Bethlehem means house of bread, and this is pointing towards Jesus. I love the Old Testament. I love these books. I love the book of Ruth. Because you can see Jesus on every page. Jesus says this in John 6, verse 35. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. And whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Jesus wants our hearts. God wants our hearts. God wants to be the king of our lives. No matter what your circumstance, if you are feeling empty tonight. Jesus is the bread who will satisfy your hunger deeper inside your soul. He will satisfy your thirst that you will never thirst again. Will we make a decision that honors him? So basically what happens is uh, Elimelech dies, the two sons die, now Naomi is left with Ruth and left with Orpah, and they have no help, no home, and no hope. No help, no home, and no hope. And maybe you here tonight and you feel like I have no help, I have no home, and I have no hope. I want to say Ruth is for you tonight. See, this is a story about how God restores hope to a hopeless situation in men and women who trust in His name. Ruth 11 verse 13 says this, But Naomi said, Return home, my daughters. Why would you come with me? It's a good question. Why would you come with me back to Bethlehem when there's nothing for you there? It doesn't make logical sense. Am I going to have any more sons? Who could become your husbands? This is the Bible, guys. I'm just warning you here. Return home, my daughters. I am too old to have another husband. Even if I thought there was still hope for me, 
even if I had a husband tonight and then gave birth to sons, would you wait until they grew up? Would you remain unmarried for them? No, my daughters, it is more bitter for me than for you, because the Lord's hand had turned against me. And these are the days of our lives. No joke. But Naomi thinks that the Lord's hand has turned against her. She's made a decision to blame God. Look, she hasn't seen the promises that God had for her, but actually she made a decision to leave the promised land, to leave the promises of God, and to go to the land of Moab. And it makes all logical sense for Orpah and for Ruth to go back to the land of Moab, to go back to their uh, family, to go back to their inheritance that they have with their gods, because they know that it makes all logical sense. But we see two different decisions. And I want to say, ruthless decisions lead to ruthless actions. At this they went along again, then Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. What Orpah did you? All good. It is not a simple decision. She went back to her people, but it has a consequence. What Ruth did was cling to Naomi in faith. See, Ruth is a Moabite. She, she's maybe just heard of the God of Israel. She doesn't share in the inheritance that the Israelites had, but she clings to Naomi. Why? Because she's clinging to something that will lead her to God. Will you tonight cling to the path that leads you to God? So you can either weep aloud and go off to what you know, or you can cling to what God has for you. When you have no help, no hope, no hope, what will you cling to? When, you, when that addiction is just raging and you can't shake it. When you are in financial crisis and you don't know what to do anymore. When your relationship just isn't what you thought it should be. What are you going to cling to? See, God is speaking to us through this book and He's saying that we need to be a people who rise up in faith. We need to be a people who are set apart for His purposes. We need to be a people that don't respond by fear, but we respond by faith, trusting in who God is. I want this to stir something inside of our hearts here tonight. I don't want us to just leave tonight like we came. I want us to leave change. Why? Because God has more for us as a people. See, when we go out into our businesses, when we go out into our schools, we need to walk as sons and daughters who know who our king is. Why? Because we have a different currency. We are citizens of heaven. We don't walk based on our circumstances or like the world walks. We walk based on who we are, our identity fixed in Jesus, as sons and daughters. See, look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. It's so easy to go back. It's so easy to go back to that thing that we had known. Go back to that sin that comforted us. Go back to that place. Go back to uh, maybe where we had come from. Go back to that job where there was security. But is it where God is leading you? Don't go back, but turn towards Him. But Ruth replied, Don't urge me to leave you or turn back from you. Where you will go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, even if death separates you and me. I want to have faith like Ruth. Will the Lord deal with me ever so severely, even if I am separated from the path that leads towards God? Will we be people like that? Can you say that you wish that for yourself? Let the Lord deal ever so severely with you 
if you stray from the path that God has for you. Ruth has that faith. Ruth has that purity of heart. See, we read this book of Ruth, and it's not just a love story. God is trying to shape something in us that actually Ruth responds in faith. A Moabite woman who does is not supposed to know God, but actually sees him the most clearly in the story. See, at this moment, Ruth realized who God was. He realized that God was Yahweh. And what that means is that God is, I am who I say I am. And in the Israelite culture, it boils down to, He is. They would repeat this phrase, Yahweh, and it would symbolize, He is. He is the everlasting. He is the creator of the heavens and the earth. He is the God over your situation. He is the savior of your brokenness. He is the savior of your sin. He is the person who's going to lead you into life and life in abundance. He is. Will you declare tonight that God, He is good. He is enough. He is King of kings. That is what Ruth is declaring to the world. That is what Ruth is declaring to Naomi and for all to see. And I promise you that this ruthless action has a ruthless legacy. Will you cling to God? See, Joshua 24, verse 14 to 15 says this, and it's talking about the Israelite nation, and it was the last generation who knew God, who knew the promises that God had for them, and who knew that God set them from slavery for something. It says this, Now fear the Lord and serve Him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your ancestors worshipped beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt, and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods your ancestors have served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. It's that lovely placard you see in walls of, on Christian homes. And I want to say is that's good on a wall, but it needs to be in our hearts. Will you serve the Lord? Will you and your family serve the Lord? If it seems undesirable to you, you have a choice. We all have choices. We can either be Orpah or we can be Ruth. But these choices have consequences. And they have eternal consequences. So the two women went until they came to Bethlehem. When they arrived in Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them. And the woman exclaimed, Can this be Naomi? Don't call me Naomi, she told them. Call me Mara, because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. I went away full. But the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune upon me. We see so many different choices here. We see Orpah, who goes back to her homeland, who goes back to what she had known. We see Ruth clinging to the path that leads her to God. And then we see Naomi, who chooses to blame God. And it's probably a choice that is made out of brokenness. It's made out of a lot of hurt. She's lost her two sons. She's lost her husband. It's probably a choice that a lot of us would make. But she chooses to put a label on herself. Mara. That she is bitter. And the thing that I love about the Bible is that the Bible never refers to her as Mara ever again. The Bible just keeps on calling her Naomi. Why? Because God does not see our bitterness. God does not see our brokenness. God does not see our mess. He only sees His Son, Jesus Christ, in your life. See, we place labels on ourselves and anxious, depressed, broken, divorced. But God does not place those labels on you. 
We may face those labels, the world may face those labels, but God sees his son. And the Bible never refers to Naomi as Mara ever again. The very next line refers to Naomi as a true name, which means pleasant. See, God looks at you and he sees his son and he delights in you as his son and his daughter. Will we choose, will we make decisions that reflect that inheritance, that reflect that identity? I want to stir us up tonight because I want us to be a people of faith. I want us to be a people who can be who we will reflect God in all of our decisions and all of our actions. See, ruthless decisions lead to ruthless actions, and ruthless actions, uh, ruthless decisions lead to ruthless actions. But ruthless actions lead to ruthless legacies. See, Naomi had a legacy, Orpah had a legacy, but Ruth had a greater legacy. It says this in Matthew 1, verse 5 to 6. Salmon, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Boaz, the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Obed, the father of Jesse. And Jesse, the father of King David. Remember that we started the story in the time of Judges. There was no king. But through this decision that Ruth made to cling to the path that led to God, there would be a greater inheritance. There would be a greater uh, lineage. And the king would eventually be David, who was the king of kings for Israel. See, Ruth's one decision made an impact for generations to come. Do you want to know what Orpah's legacy was? Orpah, who was Ruth's sister-in-law, her legacy led to four giants. And those giants were four Philistines, who a spiritual son named David slew for God's kingdom. See, those giants were Goliath and three others. That was Orpah's legacy because of the decision she made. It may not have been sinful, but it was a decision that, that did not lead to life because it was a decision that was not trusting in the promises of God. But Ruth trusted in the promises of God, and that led to a greater legacy. And that legacy extends beyond David. It extends towards Jesus because Jesus is of the line of Judah, and Jesus is the greater David, the Bible tells us. And what this tells you Tonight, I want to say is no matter what your brokenness is, no matter what your past is, no matter what you think your story is, God will redeem that for His purpose. Can we have some pads? Thanks, Peter. There we go. God will redeem that for your for His purposes. See, He takes Ruth, a Moabite woman who has no inheritance in the kingdom of God, who should have no inheritance in His eternal kingdom, no lineage. The country of Moab was wrought with sexual depravity, was wrought with other gods, was birthed in incest. Yet God takes this story and redeems it for His plans and His purposes. Even if this is for one person tonight, and you are feeling empty, you are feeling bitter not like Naomi, you are feeling far gone, like you just want to go back to what you have always known like Orpah, God wants to take your story, He wants to take your brokenness, and he wants to redeem it for his plans and purposes. Why? Because Jesus is the greater David. And when we are empty, Jesus emptied himself on the cross for us. When we had no inheritance, when we were far away from God, Jesus emptied himself for us so that we will be drawn near to God, so that we would have eternity with him, that we would have, had, have an inheritance with him, a legacy that extends far beyond this world. A legacy that is eternal. And so I want to say, wherever you are tonight, will you make a decision 
to act out of faith? Will you make a decision to put God first as the King of Kings in your life?